0: Welcome to the American Rugby Show. I am one of your hosts, Alex Corbissero, joined by former MLR Coach of the Year, Rob Hoadley, and the most capped USA rugby eagle in history, Todd Clever. This is the American Rugby Show, and this is the MLR Breakdown. Guys, welcome back to the show.
1: Great to be here, mate. Another great weekend of action. Uh, the double header in LA. What a great adver- advertisement for MLR going around the world, and then uh, a tight battle uh out in nola today with a great comeback and uh another last minute uh <laughs> we'll talk about it later but the opportunity to win it, it was missed by seattle but a great uh great fight back by rooney and hey was it nice to have four games this weekend a bit more time in between to catch our breath and uh, of course it allowed uh todd uh to get out to the desert get his feet up few gillies and have a great time watching the games
2: You know, for some, some say I deserve this, you know, standing on my feet uh, for two games on the sideline, um, as you said, at the doubleheader at the L.A. Coliseum. And, um, you know, what a showcase it was. And, you know, San Diego went to L.A. last weekend. They saw what professional was all about. Um, And their executive team said, hey, let's uh, can we play here? We're supposed to host uh, New England. And we don't really have a great spot to do it. So, so good on uh, the guillotinis for, for allowing that to happen. And what a showcase. What, uh, like I say it every week, you know, they got their money's worth. Two MLR games for the price of one at the L.A. Coliseum. You had Stevo o uh, lighting the Olympic torch uh distracting you know, all the players that wanted to meet him during the game exactly i mean everybody the
0: atmosphere was awesome so it was really great so i mean let's uh let's crack on your, your mate steve mate I, you and him seem to be tight if you watch the broadcast he, he, he seemed to have it seemed to be pretty tight with you and you met him before
2: Oh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not one of those to name drop, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he is on my speed dial. We
0: do go surfing together. Uh, you know, we we hang, we we do our thing. I love it, mate. I love it. Todd, the international man of mystery. That's why we have money. He gets FaceTimes from Adam Gilchrist last week. He's hanging out with Steve-O this week. And, you know, for everyone who's tuning into the show, and, um, you know, for the people that are used to the way we usually do things, we're doing things slightly differently from this week on. And I hopefully you catched our first episode of the week, the State of the Union, where we had USA Rugby head coach on Gary Gold. But as you know, this part is slowly evolving and growing, you know, we've actually started to sort of bring in the segment base instead of pack, uh, packing it into one whole show now we're going to break out the segments of the show and we've got state of the union which is more the interview this week and now we have the mlr breakdown where we get into the nitty-gritty round seven of mlr todd let's bring it on and get into the first game and now a word from our sponsor bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts.
2: We get straight into that doubleheader, that first game. So San Diego was the host team at the LA Coliseum. They hosted the New England Free Jacks. And unfortunately, it's the same song. San Diego came out flat, three tries in the first teen minutes, and uh it was smooth sailing for, for New England. I mean, it was it was surprising. You were hoping you were hoping that they can get through, but you know, early injuries again for their 10, Santiago. I mean, it was it was just it's 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 tough to see. It really is. And and, uh, I mean, saw him on a, on a losing – winning man of the match. I was able to speak with him afterwards. I mean, that guy's just a grinder. I mean, he's, he's been the man of the match, you know, week in, week out pretty much. Top performer of of, of MLR, running the best lines. Uh, so you feel God, God for guys like that, you know, David Tamalau, uh, uh, Ryan Matias. A lot of those, uh, you know, U.S. guys that, you know, went into it as favorites. But uh, injury struck them, you know. It's just tough I mean we'll get into uh into the nitty gritty with uh, with rob what what did, what did you see with your eyes
1: yeah again it's very, it's difficult to look past the injuries right and um the amount of l- leaders that aren't on the field you know and you've got to really feel for the players and the coaches in that situation and then on top of that, as you said, you lose Iglesias within the first ten minutes. So now you've got Africa stepping up to 10, who probably hasn't trained there much. You've got Patrick Madden at nine, which, as we've said, it's absolutely fantastic to see these college uh, graduates coming through and playing, especially in uh, decision-making positions. But this is a slightly different case because Patrick didn't play nine at college. So it's a real tall task for a a young man, talented young guy, hardworking, great character, but he just hasn't got the experience at nine at any level, let alone MLR. Um, so you kind of look at the team sheet there and you think, well, this is, this is going to be tough, you know? Um, so it's always going to be tough, but again, you don't like to see the way that the tries came so quickly. Um, and, uh, I think Rob Shaw mentioned it, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Look, when you do, when you do a lot of injuries as a coach, you know, if I'm in that situation, you have to somewhat look internal and say, is there a reason behind this? Um, and I think it, it, everyone had short pre seasons, and people have had injuries. But I think um, if you look at the Legion setup, I think Jason Huntley was a big loss. He was the, the, the head of high performance uh, in the previous season. And if you looked at Legion going into any game, they were the, the fittest, the strongest, the most intimidating team in the league uh, for a long while. And, and I think they've lost that. And then the the, the the head, the strength and condition coach they brought in left after a few weeks. Uh, The guys are in very poor condition, it looked like, at the start of the season. So there's somewhat of a void there. I think there's also a change on the athletic trainer side. Uh, So there's a lot of uncertainty there as they're trying to find answers and get these guys back on the field. And, And let me just say, you've got to be careful when you're talking about injuries to people, right? Because... You, you can't account for so Iglesias getting hit from the blind side or what happened to Dylan, you know, they're not soft tissue muscle injuries, which you can account for a bit more, but, um, the injury list is so high that you, you you've probably got to look into reasons behind it as well.
2: If, if I'm not mistaken, they did lose their, their head coach as well. I mean, I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, I, I, agree. Make I agree. I agree. Yeah, but apparently Hawaii are looking for a water boy. That's what we were discussing. <laughs>
0: no, but, um, I, I think you got to look at some of that too, Rob, when we're talking about what are the problems, the symptoms, like what is the cause of some of the legions problems, removing you as head coach, right or wrong, if it's the right decision, uh, you know, from the ownership group between you, you know, difference of opinions, whatever the matter is, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm team holy to the day I die, but the f- the fact of the matter is, is that you can't remove the head coach without properly replacing him. They came in with the co head coach mantra, and they have two very good coaches underneath in in Zach Test and and Scott Murray and you know this is not a knock on them at all but you will know better than anyone you guys you've already your workload was stretched as a coaching group analysis on the heads of coaches all of the list of basically doing a full-time rugby operation on a startup sort of staff to then remove the head coach without replacing or properly moving them up and putting the right amount of hands underneath to me is a key issue of why the legion are underperforming not prepared enough Tactically naive at times, the injury list missing, the lack of the sort of fitness and the physicality, like you talked about, it's all piled up into one big pot, which are causing sort of the downfall of the Legion that went from the front runners, the headliners of last year, five and O looked untouchable in the league, home and away, and this year it is a completely different show, and lots of mitigating factors, but lots of mistakes along the way that they got to take credit for and learn from, going from forward and, and 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 moving on in this league.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone around the world uh, in the world of rugby is thinking we need to, we've missed the trick here. We need to get ourselves a couple of co-head coaches. Uh, this is not a knock on, they're the two of the best coaches in the league. But why is no one else in the world doing it? It's, it's not a surprise. You know, people were probably asking questions of it in the first place. And it's not a surprise it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's not something that's done around the world. So you, you've got to think you're coming up with something new and special that no one else is onto. Uh, and I don't think you're converting anyone. But again, it's it's a it's a probably a wider story, as I said. There's there's so many different things. Now, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you've got those injuries, when you've got Peterson out, when you've got Robshaw, they're your they're your leaders. When you recruit, you build around your leaders, you build around the, the brains on the field. And when you take that out for any team, uh, to the extent that it's happened for Legion, it's very very difficult. Okay, and and it's interesting. then when you look at the style of play, which we, we, we were talking about earlier, Corbs, it's like. The, the the new england when they came out of the blocks um they scored the try from the turnover right where we're kind of about just uh, offloads to poland that legion attack went backwards 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 for like 3 4 phases um but again you've got you've got Africa at 10 who hasn't played there much he was he was standing and receiving the ball very deep and then passing deeper so the New England blitz, which was very well drilled, was just coming up and up and up, and they were just getting behind the gain line. Now here's the, here's here's the difficult thing: Patrick at nine, his service is a bit slower because he, you know, of course he's he's not played there, so the service is slower. But then you're trying to go deep and wide again; you're just inviting the pressure up. So then I look through it and go, well surely you want to use your strengths, right? Right. The whole back line weren't at Legion last year, so and they're all playing in sort of out of position and not experienced. So, you, okay, let's look to our forwards and our simple plays to get us game line. Well, Vita carried the ball 17 times. Sam carried the ball 14 times. Tian Lutz, who had come, I don't know where he'd been training, but he'd been eating his wheat a bit, he carried 24 times. So it's not they were trying to get to the game line as well, but to just... Too inexperienced, I think, uh, and haven't, haven't enough time together. So it's very, very difficult in those situations for the players and coaches. They didn't have kicking options to relieve pressure. Africa, unfortunately, missed uh, or kicked directly out from outside the 22 twice. He missed uh, touch with a penalty kick. Um, Patrick hasn't uh, you know, been box kicking for years, so they took that responsibility. I didn't
0: off. see one box kick the whole game. I was about to jump in on you. Did not one.
1: So, so everything was on Cecil. But Cecil hasn't been practicing in that role, so no one's yeah. been practicing in those roles. Exactly. So you can't expect it to be good. So it's like, you know, they, they, they tried to go wide to mix it up, which I think was probably a mistake against the Blitz and the inexperience. But then they did they did go they did go route one, and they did try to get to the game line, but probably with not enough, as much deception as other teams or, or timing like you mean with LA, just because they, they haven't trained enough together and with all the injuries, mate, they, they can't have training
0: numbers. So there can't be much competition in training. training. I completely agree. I think I think the lack of the kicking as soon as I saw Inglisis go off, I said, "Oh mate, they're screwed." Like it's, it, it could be over now. Like you, you yeah. knew that he is Richie with, without Osberger, without De Neusen, um, you know, with you know, without J- Peterson, he's the last hope for any sort of control on the game and structure for them. And he's not. A, he's, a, he's a twelve playing out of position not at 10, ten anyway. And so That's he's right. the only one who's probably had that any reps at that position. As soon as I saw him go off, I said, "They're they're in trouble today." But but it was some of the poor attack. Like you, you're bang on, mate. With with the where Sam gets stripped by Wakanabao and he offloads to Poland and scored. It's four phases. You know, first three, it's, they get the kickoff. It goes deep. Um, they get the ball back. They're on the twenty-two. You think right? You know, unstructured attack. Let's launch. You know, we caught them off guard of the kickoff. Got it back. Let's go. It bang on like you're saying, way too wide, uh, way too deep, deep, go three negative phases, they end up on the halfway line, they then play Schalm on a short side, running a hard line, and it, and it's unlucky that he gets script and and, and the tries down. Very similar, you know, we, the line speed early on that took Inglaces out with that hit from, from Comrade or the number eight, spills the ball, they get, a, you know, unorganized attack, they uh, uh, attack against an unstructured defense, get the line break from Thebes, you know, go through, pl- pl- get quick momentum, and then expose the space to to five out, f- to five out wide, and and then the Poland try off off the scrum. To me, is just naivety in defence. Uh, I thought the scrum actually fronted up reasonably well. I thought Gleason, you know, five meters from your goal line, and this league, Legion, with the scrum rules you have. Legion scrum,
1: the Legion scrum is good. They had hundred percent yesterday, and they're up there in the league.
0: I agree. I agree, I and so that's what I'm saying. Five meters out is the hardest place to defend in the scrum. The line right now is at massive right. risk with the, the 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 finite amount of penalties and and. Uh, penalizations the referees can put in. There is no margin for error on your goal line. They get the good scrum. Sam's on 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 the on the loosehead side at seven. He gets to gets to the number eight. It's then absolutely uh, in fault. Uh, you know it's it's just poor decision making. And and see South Africa yes out of position. But those are the differences. Once they go twenty one down, that game's done. The game's done. When you're twenty one points up, you have to play. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. negligent to lose a rugby game after that. And, and, yeah. and you know, Free jacks are too smart a team for quite, that to happen.
1: This is, sounds like a, a, a silly thing to say almost, but at halftime, I don't think New England have played that well. They were 21 up, 21 uh, nil up. They only carried 26 times in the half. Like, and the Legion defence is like struggling uh, and they're missing a lot of tackles. Um, in the whole game, they, they only carried 85 times. They made 10 line breaks. So every eight carries, they're making a line break. So you thought like in the first half, just get to the the gain line quickly. But they they were trying to, you know, they were off scrums. It was like a three pass play to get to the gain line where you've got Africa and Madden in the 9-10 channel where you can run some pretty simple options into that 9-10 channel uh, and get quick, quick gain line. Uh, So New England didn't take advantage of that. Now, yeah, probably overcritical there but i mean a great start by new england they they they're, they're such the, the east is so interesting right because it, you know one week you can be at the bottom the next week you can be at the top the team that can string together three wins there and i think any of them are capable of doing it can really uh, get ahead of the pack and new england are one of those teams like fife is um nine carries for 98 meters he's doing that every week <laughs> i mean he's he's up there for the top try scorer um top line breaks uh but interestingly you mentioned psalm psalm uh, has the bo- most ball carry meters in the mlr and fife is number two H- how's that for a back row there's only one other forward in the top 10 diana at uh, toronto but like Fife and Sam, both the, the the level of their, their performance every week and and john poland as well he he's he's the conductor that uh, Legion miss. And with all our assessment of what's going on in Legion, if you just took Poland and slotted him into Legion, <laughs> they'd obviously have a much better chance of success. You know, that's where they miss Nate. Now. I agree, mate.
0: I, I, it's hard. It's tough to see at times. But, uh, you know, at the same time, this is the MLR. And, and you know, the the West is... Is slowly getting to the point where it's about to leave the, the legion behind with Austin, you know, on a charge with 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 LA still winning, and the fact that you know Utah are a game opponent in this league. Um, it, 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 and the Houston, in the Texas team, other Houston, you can't sleep on either. will get results. It's going to be a tough way back for them now, especially with all the extra injury injuries and, and and all the extra sort of baggage they're carrying. Uh,
1: and yeah, it's the injuries can be a deciding point. You know, Harrison Boyle also went off for New England but they cope well with that Uh, we hope to see him back because he's had a great impact on the league and he's up there for try assists in this in the league this year Um, but I think like if you try and sum this game up it was like the fourth try for New England they broke down the left they passed it inside Poland drops the ball and you're like oh they've blown a great try scoring opportunity going up in a great try and Legion collect the ball and lose it straight away and then New England go and score and that kind of that kind of summed up Legion's luck at the moment. I mean, they have they have no luck. I think they need to reset, recalibrate a little bit. I think they're bringing Phil Greening in on the defensive side, which is going to be an absolutely brilliant signing for them. He's going to have a great impact there. And, and they just need just to rebuild. And it's going to be... The most interesting thing is when the players do come back in, what style are they going to play? Uh, because... I don't think we they've had enough time to string it together. Yeah, yet. I,
2: I mean to, to go in. I mean, bringing a new coach, and if you're going to bring in a new philosophy, you have to learn something new. I mean, these players. I mean, <laughs> bless them. I mean, you know, pack up. You're moving to Vegas. Pack up. You move back yeah. to San Diego. Pack up. You got a new coach. Pack up this. I mean, uh, no, you can't play. You're injured. I mean, they're up against it. So I mean, we've dissected the top to the bottom of it, and uh, they're, uh, they're 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 definitely thin on their uh, they're their depth charts. So, I mean, we wish them well, but like I said, I was, I was on the sideline for that and there was a glimpse of hope and there was a little bit of cheer after they scored a couple of those tries and, and we were hoping, you know, that, that they could turn it, but you know, New England was. Basson's a player, you know, and we want to see him with more ball at the moment.
1: He's getting all the ball on his, if he could come off his wing a little bit more and get to the game line quickly. Mattias, for whatever reason, Mattias was on the bench He's, their, he, he's got four tries. He's their top line breaker. Uh, he's, their, he's, he's broken 21 tackles already and he hasn't been starting in many games. So uh, he looks like the big, biggest attacking threat, but he started on the bench. Charconi got his debut. Cole acquitted himself very, very well, but I don't think he's going to make the line breaks that Matthias makes. And uh, for New England, just congratulations to them. And they, they go to, um, no, they're home to the AGs next week. So they'll be they'll be loving that uh, road win. Get home, and I think Ryan Martin will be uh, pulling the strings and coming up with some more fancy plays for them because they're definitely very creative. So if, if there is if there is there may be many creative plans, but if I were them, I might just say give it Dougie, and that, that's a good plan.
2: Uh, the Damn quote, man, he, uh, he, the he, great he, Sean Edwards. Try scoring machine right there. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> here, hey, lads. This was Sean Edwards. Hey, lads. We had a player called I- I- Iola Arinley, and his nickname was Oogie. He goes, here, lads. I've been thinking all weekend and I come up with new player. It's called Give It Oogie. <laughs> Listen, he gets paid. We get paid. Everybody's happy.
0: <laughs> play to <laughs> your strengths, mate. mate. Play to your strengths. Give it Dougie. This week's American Rugby Show is brought to you by Gilly's Legendary American Lager. A light American lager this crushable doesn't come along every day. Let's find out. I stand by that statement. Todd, what's the next game? Let's crack into it. The second game of the
2: doubleheader at the LA Coliseum was LA Giltini's hosting the DC Boys. So another East Coast team coming out west, and uh, you know it was actually you know I spoke to a couple of coaches from the LA team. It was just absorb. They know that they are coming up against it. They had a chip on their shoulder, and uh, you know old glory came out, scored the first three points. A few minutes later, four tries to three points, five tries to three points, five, six tries. So I mean it. The tries just kept come piling on, and there's some beauties out there. So. Um, again, great to be out there. Atmosphere was uh, w- was building and uh, Gillies were getting drunk. But, uh, you know, L.A. was just too, too good. And, and I mean, they're just IQ wise. I mean, Giddo running the show, uh, you know, playing behind him. It's the whole package. I mean, they're going to it's going to take something special to, uh, you know, some sort of food poison to beat this team. I think that's something that's got it. Uh, Rob, Rob, what do you think about that one? I think this was possibly the scariest performance for the rest of the league so
1: far because um, DC are well-coached. Um, again, they've had their injuries and they've had some young fellas out there as well this this year. But they're a well-coached side. And they, in the first 10 minutes, you know, I joke, it's three, you know we joke it's 3-0, then four tries. Okay. But their approach, they were bringing a game plan uh, and they were executing in that game plan. And what I mean by that is, what I love to see is, they had the line drive behind the halfway. They drove it 15 metres, right? And then Tusutala from there puts up a box kick. They pressure pressure uh, Bryce and turn him over and get a better launch, okay? Other teams might be like, okay, we've got our 15 metres of line drive. Let's play from here on halfway. Well, you don't need to do that. They stuck to the plan. Robertson kicked twice to Bryce's left foot, right? So if Bryce is chasing to the left touchline. He's a right footer. He needs to collect the ball, turn back onto his right foot, which is slower. One time they turned him over and played from there and I think got their three points. Another time he collected, he put a kick in, but it wasn't an accurate one. He was under pressure. And then they counterattacked and had better attacking ball than they started with against a retreating, um, disorganized defense. Right? And that was kicking from set piece. So they were doing that. Plus they were they had their line-out uh, play where they came back to the short side. They had a line-out play with two hit, change direction, and then uh, two satala on the loop, but play back on the inside. To me, they were targeting the LA type five to make them tackle and get the, the props down on the ground. They're, they're speed men against the, the the slower props. Plus, they were winning collisions. Sseni Fergai, uh, Fayana Schultz, uh, Gibbons, Gibbons, Jamie Diva. These guys were winning collisions. And I'm thinking... This is a great start. They've got a great plan. They're putting pressure high up the field in the right areas of the field, um, and that's why it's it's almost more scary. The LA they, they they rope a dope. They, they they took it. They took it as you say, and then as soon as threaten slipped off the tackle with Adam Ashley Cooper, and they go the length, you can just feel the air going out of
0: <laughs> DC.
1: Oh, giving it everything. Just a pressure then, valve. Wasn't a it? Breakaway
0: try. Yeah. It- Mate, like spot on. I thought I thought DC came equipped with a very clever game plan. Frustrated LA early. Game was mostly played in their half. Starved them a possession too, or just gave them poor possession when they did have it, which forced them to get the ball back where they wanted it. But it was the defense of, of LA which really impressed me early on. The, the, the patience in defense, the ability to absorb long phases. There's not many teams in the MLR that are doing that especially a team that is so impressive on attack as well. And I think combining those two elements is what starts to become scary about LA. And, you know, full dis- everyone knows I coach there. I, I, I don't have anything to do with these parts of the game. I just sat back, cracked open my gillies and just enjoyed the game. I think was-
1: everyone was claiming to be like the, the skills coach, weren't they?
0: <laughs> Honestly, I wish I wish you know- I was the skill coach. I wish I had some sort of input, but I thought the defense was fantastic. Steve Hoyles has done a fantastic job with him in defense. It has grown week on week. And the ability to not yeah. give away key points on those early five-meter stands in defense. That was the game to yeah. me because if they'd given a, a glory, the ends there and they get a seven, a ten, you know, a fifteen or thirteen, stop chipping away and you got to chase. Then obviously LA are under pressure, but LA handled that. Then they got the Adam Ashley Cooper break that was finished by by Langy Langi and 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 then that pressure valve was released and then gradually LA took control of the game and also I think DC ran out of a bit of steam because they threw a lot of punches and they didn't land any and that just takes your energy systems out of you because you've got to dig deep and go all over again after you've just thrown the kitchen sink at them and I think that ability to literally Muhammad Ali rope a dope that early storm and then come back with a big right hand and score for me sort of set the tone of the game from that and then LA just grew as the game went on And, and I was impressed with huge amount of facets to their game and I think they are setting the standard in the MLR and there's going to be haters but there should also be a hell of a lot of appreciators because this is the best rugby the MLR has seen. This is setting the tone. And this also sets up the story of who will be LA. At some point they're going to lose a game. And the team that does it okay. is going to be a fantastic, fantastic achievement. And it could be any week in this MLR. There's a this week there's a sweet six hour flight across, short turnaround, and then play in New York. You never know, but I think it's great for the league and it's great for the rugby fans. And it's great for the the kids and the players as well to get to see some actual fantastic Code on home shore as well. Top of that, corpse. You know, you talk about sort of
2: you know what they're building and what the you know the bar is raised of of L.A. of the ownership of the coaches of the players that that, that the product that they're producing. Um, speaking with some of the old glory players afterwards. Um, speaking with the San Diego players and and some of the staff. Speaking with people that are in and around it. You know what? If you if you put on the boots or if you're part of an organization you know you got to catch up. You have to respect it. They weren't hating. They want to be part of it. They, they're they're going to put pressure on their ownership. They're going to put pressure on their investors of, hey, look what they've got going on. Look at this production. Look how well we're getting treated when we're on the road. Look at these players. They're happy. And I've, I've, I'll beat this drum until the day I die is, you know, if you are a happy guy at home, happy guy at training, happy guy everything else, you're going to play your better rugby. So, you know, credit to them and and and, and you know, haters are, are are far and few between because they're they're not they're not part of it.
1: I agree. I think we should be loving it. It moves our product on because you don't like it. Guess what? You gotta beat it. Got to look at everything you're doing and you've got to improve it. And what do they do? They look after their people. We're humans first, then we're human doers. So don't expect us to do something if you're not looking after the person and caring about the person. And that's what they're putting in that environment where the people feel cared, cared for. They've got a fantastic staff. Um, like you say, um, Corbs, like the impact of someone like Mark Carter, the analyst and the staff that they're putting it is a level of a, a top professional staff anywhere around the world, you know, and you've, you've got your, your skills coaches, you've got specialist scrum coach um, and if you it's no it's not brain surgery, is it? <laughs> if you want to achieve those results, you have to do we all know how to set up a proper professional environment, but there's corners cut every you know around the league and fair play because we're growing, and there hasn't there isn't Gilcrest money everywhere, but you've got to find a way now um and a point on that defense corps I really enjoy the defense and it's interesting because they don't necessarily bring the same line speed as some of the teams in the league. And they don't actually compete that hard at the breakdown, although Adam Ashley Cooper has been very, very good in that area. They're patient and they actually fill the width of the field. Uh, So you look up, you see bodies, and boy, do they want to hit. And I love a defence that just wants to hit. They just come up the animals. Uh, And I love it, mate. I love seeing the the aggression in the hit, even without some of the line speed at times. Uh, And then just another point on who's going to beat them and all the rest of it is like, Mate, the issue is these boys are conditioned. They're the fittest team in the league. They're the best conditioned team in the league, which you often see at the teams up the top. And not only that, but they bring Cottrell and Adam Ash off the bench. And they can put uh, Gitto, he can go off and and put his feet up after uh, 60 minutes. So that's the scariest thing about this weekend. I thought they were absolutely excellent again against the OG team that came ready, uh, a DC team that came ready to play.
2: I like the OGs as well. Gangster. Old glory
1: DC. The
0: OG DC. yeah, yeah OG DC. Um, really? No, it, no mate, Rob, I, I agree. Agree. Just coach the scrum. I love it. I love, I get passionate. I love being involved with the lads. But just as a fan, I was watching the game, just cheering on some of those hits, especially the front row. The front row boys were banging and getting onto the front row. I thought the scrum was a very, uh, you know, it was a very good outing for For LA, it was a step up from San Diego. I thought the whole, you know, one through eight and then the bench impact at at set piece, I thought was very good from them. But I got to give a shout out. And we're going to start doing this as a feature on the pod. We're going to start, you know, this week I'm picking it. And I I don't care what anyone says, but I think I'm right. We're going to start bringing in a new segment. It's called the Gillies Try of the Week. And this try of the week cannot be any other try Then Vandermeer's first try, which was set up by the magical work of the man of the match, the the absolute magician that is J.P. Smith. And what I love about this try is Poidevin gets the strip in the tackle. Charlie Abel, the tight head, dives on the ball, quick hands, gets it to the uh, loose head J.P. Smith. J.P. Smith sees the space in the backfield. You know, should he go give it out the back to the 10 or someone else to find that space? No, he puts it on the peg, finds a perfect space behind, behind, DTH gathers it, and it's an absolute fantastic finish. And that is the evolution of the sport. Like that is something as I was playing as a loose head. I could only dream of, but this is the Gillies try of the week. I'm going to chug the rest of my beer in honor to you, JP Smith for that kick, and to all the front row unions out there, keep dreaming big because that's as big as it gets on the big stage. When you've been dominant at the scrum time, push your man, push your opposite number off his own ball, and then you pull that out the locker. You get a full chug in my a, a full chug in my book. While he's
2: finishing his beer, and he did finish it. Well done. So how many? How many
1: now, how many props next week are going to go out looking for this grubber space?
0: <laughs> Honestly, I'm eventually hoping the Gillies try the, the week. You're going to get a case of Gillies sent you for scoring it or for being the one who gets the moment. It's just going to be magnificent. will be front rowers trying all sorts. Head coaches will be having a nightmare and it all started here.
1: So good. Hey, you, Again, you know, uh, after the game, again, this is, this, this is the best thing here now. They interview him after the game. What are you thinking? He said... I saw the space <laughs> but that, that's how they're coached where's the best space and how do we get there so a lot of props can get it there and just go route one but he we talked about like total rugby like all, all positions can play he saw the space the best way to get the ball that the, the, ball, the ball there is to put it on the toe and he backed the skill it's unbelievable uh, and again you know points just sorry about them being scary but like 93% tackle completion. They had, They again, they, they made more tackles uh, uh, than DC. 90% completion and only seven penalties conceded. So when you marry everything they're doing in terms of creating space, executing, Gitto pulling the strings, Goddard being brilliant at nine, uh, DTH being top try scorer, John Ryberg running for 109 meters in the game and not being a big name player, but then you align that with their discipline, then you've got something where you're saying, maybe they don't have an off day in the league, the the way they're building the whole uh, environment like that. So really, really impressive. um, And uh, like from top to bottom, starting with that discipline.
0: This week's American Rugby Show is brought to you by Rickaroons. Rickaroons are a vegan coconut bar made by a family in San Diego. Check them out on Instagram, at Rickaroons. Click the link in their bio for your free five-bar sample pack.
2: Our next game was NOLA hosting Toronto. And Toronto has been informed the last few weeks. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, chat saying they're the team to beat. They're not going to lose another game. And, uh, you know, they went up and they came out 14-0 against uh, NOLA. But it was definitely a game of two halves. NOLA came back 22-14. You know, surprised a lot of people. But uh, the crowd at NOLA was definitely happy. Hodes, uh, what was your breakdown on that one?
1: Yeah, well, um, it was pretty shocking, the comeback in the second half, really. I mean, Toronto, uh, whilst not as clinical as as they have been in recent weeks, were running their shapes. Uh, Montero's on fire, great signing. You wondered again with Nola, um, again, you're looking at what's their identity, and obviously, they're known for this fantastic wide game, you know. Especially when since they moved to that stadium with the beautiful surface, there they can really play the wide shape, stretch teams on the edge, uh, and and they're one of the teams that can go through phases and challenge defenses. And I I just thought to myself when I looked at the team team because they 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 haven't been able to implement that this year as as well, right? But then when I look at it, when they were doing that, they had Coleman at ten. Gale and Foley in the centres, and all of them are great distributors. Like, Gale and Foley have played a lot of sevens. They've played for Australia, and they were very comfortable on the ball. Now, if you look in this game, you're looking at... Uh, Meyer played at 10, who's not really a 10, and he's not a distributor. He's more of a, 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 he's a fantastic runner and a fantastic kicking 15, um, because Coleman's injured. He actually went off early, so Guilherme was at 10, Uh, who doesn't have the array of distribution skills. Uh, You had uh, Lachlan uh, Kratz and Capello in the centres. Capello is a fantastic runner, but he's not a distributor. JP Duplessis, who's been playing there, fantastic. The best runner in the league at at, uh, 12 and taking the game line on with his footwork uh, and getting you front football, but not as much of a distributor as those men. So then again, when you look at your game plan and the style you play, are you going to, just keep going and implementing the same game plan with uh, a a group of players with different skill set. And that's where I think potentially Nola were struggling uh, to execute this year. Um, But it was interesting that in the second half, when they did turn it around, uh, they were kicking in behind a bit more. Uh, If you look at the the last Dominguez try, try, it came from... The defence, by the way, was very good in the second half as well. And it was nice to see Devin Short having an impact at the defensive breakdown. He got two steals, which is a, um, a progression he needs to make in his game, his step up to international level. I know he's been really, really working hard at that. So I was happy to see that. But they forced a turnover in their own half. Uh, and from the resulting scrum, instead of overplaying deep, Guilherme put a lovely kick in behind. Dominguez chases it, forces a turnover and a few phases later, because they've produced that great attacking ball in the uh, um, Toronto 22, now they can run their shape deep in there. But it's, it's a nice one-pass play behind. Again, we've talked about Toronto using this play with a centre split and the blind wing comes in late as a hiding player. Dominguez times it brilliantly and he secures the game like that. And I, I thought they did change it up slightly towards the end of the game and credit uh, to Nate Osborne and the, the NOLA leaders there.
0: Uh, I agree, mate. I thought the change in tactics for Nola is what uh, swung the game completely. I think the first half, they overplayed errors, um, you know, handling errors, too, you know, couldn't play the YY game plan. Conditions didn't look the greatest, although it wasn't raining. It looked like it could have been a little wet. And so you got a lot of handling errors. That forced a lot of ball back to Toronto. And if you give Toronto ball in your half, they will cut you, mate. They, w- they have the ability to cut you. And those first two tries are pretty silky. And if we get into some of the detail, you know, that, that, that first try, it, it, you know, it, it comes off, you know, they get the wide rock on the edge. Then, then Toronto have that first forward hit up and they get that uh, you know, that first carry. It's pretty decent. It's wide enough. It cuts off a few Nola defenders. Then they play off, off Adams at 10 and watch the width that Adams gets on that 10. It stretches Nola and all of a sudden cuts off. Th- the first pass The 10 cuts off three Nola defenders. Then they play out the back. Then you've got Lesage on the carry there. All of a sudden, Lesage gets to the widest Nola defender on the edge, not not counting the fullback who has to come up and fill that space. Space, but he gets to the widest defender. What happens then? Quick ruck with that Lesage carry. You've already kept the width with Montero and them out wide. All of a sudden, Nola out-resourced on the width, and, and Toronto come in. And it's not by punch. It's not by power. It's not by bone-crunching gain line. It's by clever manipulation of the defense. And that's what I loved about Toronto in the first half. Second try, very similar out the back. You, you had Inglaces coming on, on you know, they went out the back, stretched Nola out wide. You've got Mirez on the cutback. And one of the little details I love there is watch Lesage. And he's a very clever player, Rob. I know you're really high on him. The way he blocks the 12 for Nola, making that cover tackle, very clever. Get the line break. And I think it's Montero's second try in, in that game. And, it, and it's lovely play. But that was it from that was it. That was Toronto. Then other than that, it was just an arm wrestle in the middle of the field going back and forth. Finally, like I thought Toronto in that first half and in that first 10, 50 minutes a half could have put 21, 20, the game would have been done. But because they left it at 14, you know, nothing. Nola in the second half, they kicked a lot more. They, you know, kicked, you know, balls to compete, kicked with box kick, got a lot of good return good off that. Finally started to click. I think their scrum was under pressure the whole game. I think you've got to credit Toronto there. They seemed to turn the screw. But at the line out, and the drive, that is where Nola under pressure went back to a kicking game. In the 22, went back to the bread and butter of the drive. He had Cam Dolan in the row, who I thought marshaled that pretty well. They got the first try. The second try actually comes off of a mall. They play it out the back and they expose the space out wide. And then the third try. You know, I already given JP... Smith, a big shout out. You know, I love my front row boys putting it out. But this went unmissed. This went missed on the coverage. But that last try, they have a five-meter line out to score. The game's in the balance here. Yes, they're slightly, but who knows what's going to happen. This try was the difference maker between the two teams in my mind. Okay, overthrow at the line out. Who gets it? None other than dancing feet Dino Waldron with the one hand swoop take salvages Nola's chances at the win. They get the ball. They eventually get it. That is when Dominguez finally gets his second try with the ball back inside. So Dino Waldron with the little swoop take that really impressed me. And for that... I give you my last gillies, mate. I will pop my last gillies open for the front row union. That's what gets me going in this life. That's why I love scrum coaching at LA. It might be a bit tipsy. See, Do you know what? I, I hope. But Dino Waldron, we'll in a day when you're under pressure at the scrum, you're pretty much pegged in to play 80. I hit my hat off and I cheers my gillies to you because that is what I'm talking about. That is a clutch play there and that is an unsung hero and that is... The Corbs Front Row Union Aung San Hero Award. Just made it on the spot, but it works. Not oh, enough there the you have in it. What world. a good comeback.
1: If, if we find some more front row highlights, you're going to have to go and get another crate out of the garage.
0: I'm going to get my own show, mate. Like just front row highlights eventually and crates of ghillies. It's going to be a fantastic, you know, the, the rugby network probably thinking, what network the hell have, have we signed up live for? live recording, all the front row boys, yeah. Honestly. But uh, I am now putting front rows on notice. If you do something silky on the weekend and I catch it, you will get a cheers on the American Rugby Show because Team Corbs, the front row union, it's all good, homies. And we're not just going to limit it at MLR.
2: We're going to limit it at the grassroots. So if you're a front row and you do something awesome, get it on footage, send it to Corbs, he will drink and we will watch him gain weight and weight
0: and weight yeah, about to <laughs> and, say, and, well, slur, and slur and slur.
1: The more skillful the props around World Rugby, <laughs> yeah, the bigger Corbs gets. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh. Uh, well, there you have it. That's uh, w- 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 what a recap of that game.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I just, I just think um, looking at Toronto, there. You know, if you look at the whole picture, uh, maybe the seven games caught up with them. That only Legion and Toronto have played seven games in the league now, and they uh, Nola had sixty three percent of the possession in in that game. Nola made fifty tackles only, and um, uh, Toronto made one hundred seventy eight. I mean. I'm reading that, I'm like, is that wrong? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) That's the stats that they've given, but like, uh, and they conceded more penalties and then Adams got Simbin late in the game and you've got to think with all the living away from home and the seven games, no bye week, did it just all add up to a bit too much in the last 20 minutes there?
2: In the last game of round seven, Seattle hosted New York. And uh, you know what? I thought Seattle was coming back I thought they were going to get that W. They had the chance in the last second, but just didn't happen. The crowd was there. It's good to see the atmosphere, but those champs are just avoiding that win, unfortunately. So, I mean, Hodes, what, what did you take out of that? What's your breakdown of that game?
1: Yeah, it's like
2: Sunday nights are
1: back in Seattle. I mean, it's been such a feature of the MLR over the last few years, and it was it was awesome. And you could like feel the energy again. Um, and definitely, the uh, the Sea are feeding off. Uh, the crowd, obviously they weren't allowed to pack it out with COVID restrictions, but you could feel the crowd. And I I was excited watching and they started off so well. Um, And it was kind of like roll the years back because JP Smith was kicking to compete. There was a great chase line. Hutting was uh, carrying. Um, Ross Neal is the sort of new addition that looks very, very dangerous every time he gets the ball. Uh, But it was a very old school Seattle-like performance in that first half with the kick in the chase, good defensive line. Um, it was a pragmatic approach. However, they still had wide options. And they were I, I thought a feature, they were resetting in attack so much quicker and they would have options both sides of the ruck. They'd still have the hard, hard runners and with some options out the back. It, they weren't playing too fancy, but they, they had those options. You had to stop as a defender slightly. And then New York... They talk about, okay, we're going to mix our game up and that, but they they shoot themselves in the foot trying to play from deep. So if you're Seattle, it's the perfect game plan. At one point uh, in the first half, New York had a a line out on about 25 metres out from their line. They go off the top wide and the pass goes into touch on the same line on the other touch line. Uh, And I'm like, this is what they did against Nola. And then uh, they concede a try because, again, uh, a great kick by J.P. Smith, Hume runs it back, but his choice to run it back, he's got no New York players behind him. So that his whole team's in front of him. So if he doesn't beat the first man, then everyone's got to retreat to come and clean. Whilst the Seattle team are all moving forward, which is what, why kick chase is so important in this game and probably undervalued in the league at the moment. So he gets tackled, a great chase tackle. He pops it up to uh, Ellis. Ellis doesn't uh, has his back to the play because he's running backwards to to cover. And Ellis gets hit from behind and it's a free try for Neil. Uh, And at that point, uh, you know, Seattle play playing very well. Two tries up, they get a line-out drive try as well. Um, And of course, it was all started with the beautiful line-out play. All phase one tries by Seattle. Again, so again, if we look at how do you want to play in the league? And if you go back to basics here, kick chase game, pressure high up the field, get launches in good areas and strike early. That's what Seattle and Legion did of of years gone by. And that's where they had their success and and they were pragmatic and fed off the best kind of attacking ball, which is in the opponent's half. Um, And they struck early. And it was, to be honest, it was great to see Seattle getting back to, to that.
0: I absolutely loved it, mate. I, I agree. I thought they fed off the crowd. I thought their game plan of tying it up a little bit, going back to a some might say conservative rugby, percentage rugby, whatever you want to call it, but it was working for them. I thought New York was stuck in second gear for a lot of it, couldn't get their attack rolling, and couldn't really create enough tempo in attack to expose the the errors in defense that Seattle have made in a lot of these games. You know, where a lot of teams have kept them a few quick phases kept them on the back foot and Seattle have come unstuck with a defensive error or a misread and a team has picked them apart. New York never quite got that. Either unforced errors themselves, overplaying in their own half, chasing the game a little bit. Lots of different themes there. But then they rolled their sleeves up. I thought the, the butcher Dylan Fawcett coming on was a good... You know cog for them, went back to their bread and butter of the drive, grinding it out and, and 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 they just they found a way to drag themselves back in the game It came down to the very end. Matt Turner, who was our third guest on this show, should have made that kick at the end and robbed it back for Seattle guide for him he didn 't but it was good it would at least see Seattle competitive. I thought they were going to win it. The crowd was there it was it was quite you know that reminiscence of old Seattle, like you said. And on a whole, you know, credit New York for finding a way to rescue that game because it was negligent in the first half. Overplaying in your... It, you know, we've seen New York do this a number of times and we've seen them do the opposite a number of times. And that's one of the hardest things when you watch them is you're not quite 100% sure what's going to happen. But off the back of a, 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 a tough defeat against Toronto to go across the other side of the country, to, to have your pants pulled, pants pulled a little bit in the first half and find a way to just pull them back up get on with it and kick some ass at the end. And when I, I give them a big tip in the cap and, you know, they play out, they play out week and it's going to get a tough encounter because I think New York are just one of these teams that when they turn it on are very, very good. And when they don't, they can be beaten. And it comes down to that. That is really them. The inconsistencies when they're great. I love them. Yeah. And when they're not, you, you, you see the massive errors in their game plan. And
1: it's just, it's, it's fascinating because uh, let's say they, Look, let's be honest. Seattle left nine points on the table, right? Because Joyce missed two kicks and Turner missed a kick at the end. And they're pretty regulation kicks, right? So really, Seattle should have won the game. Now, if Rooney loses today to the bottom place team in the league, as you said, last week they got rolled over and had their tummies tickled. I mean, they they didn't get out of first gear against Toronto. Then you're like, you know, what are they all about? However if they beat LA next week, because they got to, they got to him in hand on everyone in the East. If they beat, they'll go top in the East. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not sure where to place them at the moment. It's difficult. Uh, and the interesting thing here is, are they sticking to something here? Through, with Marty's plans, Martyville, the coach, Because they're like, okay, we don't care. We're going to make mistakes early in the season, but we're building to, this is what we're going to be and we're going to build it. And we're going to take that on the chin. We've had a short preseason and we're sticking to our guns. Uh, And I think there's a bit of that about them. So they could really come together later in the year um, and Marty will be very sensible in his planning about uh, the, the, the peaking and tapering of the weeks that he's using. I've had a good chat to him about that. He's very he's very clued on about that. He's actually also just brought he, – he's got a lot on his shoulders there, Marty, because there's not a lot of coaching help. I know Andy Ellis is do, obviously doing a lot. He's brought in another coach now from New Zealand. His name escapes me, so apologies for that. But Marty says this guy is very – he's – Got comes recommended by Wayne Smith. There's no really higher recommendation in rugby. So I'm really, really interested to see where they go and where they develop to. And if they, you know, keep sneaking, sneak wins whilst experimenting a bit at the moment, they could really uh, be strong and go on a run uh, later in the year. And the big interesting thing, obviously, for the week coming up is LA have obviously been at the Coliseum and then they went to Nola. But Nola's a pretty nice place to go and play. You've got a good pitch, you've got a nice stadium. Go, traveling across the country to New York uh, and playing out there, uh, the sheds and the man walking his dog and all the rest of it on the turf with twenty-four different lines—that's that's a bit of a different experience.
2: Completely agree. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you uh, know, guys that have been treated treated very well uh, on the rival, uh playing on the best surface in their career, their careers, and and this is you know playing and you know you know if, you know, if a Tri nations rugby championship cup, cups, uh, you know, and then and then going over and, and playing it. So it's, and, on t- and on top of that, a travel. And my best guess is it would be, di- be a direct flight, you know? <laughs> so uh, so uh, they'll probably buy a few bucks by having a couple silver, and uh, it, it's going to be tough for them, and it'll be a tough test. But if I know, and I've seen the locker room, and I've seen the guys, talk to the guys, um, they'll, they'll want to make the most out of that trip, and, uh, and they'll want to get that, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to, you know, they're going to have their deep dig for it.
0: All right, lads. That is a wrap on this one, this MLR breakdown. I think we absolutely crushed it. I don't it. to be my own cheerleader, the leader of the role these days because my missus is tough on me all day, every day. And that's a fact and everyone knows it. But... Lads, it's been a pleasure to plug you on. To everyone listening, I really appreciate having you on the show. Listening, listening, subscribe. If you're watching us for the first time on the Rugby Network, this is how it gets down on the American Rugby Show. We have the best analysis in the MLR, and we're really excited to bring it to the Rugby Network to carry on and grow as time goes on with more footage, more analysis, and getting the beautiful Rob Hoadley and the beautiful Todd Clever out there to the whole rugby country in America and the global world as the Rugby Network is absolutely gone global i really appreciate all the support lads thanks again for coming from the show we'll see you again next week and keep on watch out as we drop eagle watch later this week or early next week and it's going to have a lot of usa rugby seven stars on as the seven seven is up and running in the run into the olympics from alex corbisero from rob hoadley from todd clever thanks for coming on the show and we'll see you again next week Today's American rugby show is brought to you by ASM scholarships. Head to www.asmscholarships.com and get your free assessment to see if you qualify for a sports scholarship to an American university. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.